Hello and welcome to the Freaking Awesome Podcast. It is Monday, July 5th, 2021. And hope everyone's safe from July 4th yesterday and uh, not, you know, hurt or anything <laughs> or your ears damaged and your uh, puppies and furry friends are okay. Anyway, I'm Benjamin Abaya. Joining me in this fearless episode, he is the creator, or oh, one of the creators of the YouTube series about video games, and you can find it on the his Abaya Arts channel series titled Date Night, John Abaya. Or, or the listeners, oh, hello, 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 Ben. <laughs> okay, you're going to make uh, this more complicated. Or, <laughs> or the listeners can go to datenight.abayaarts.com, and that goes straight to the YouTube page, so you don't have to do all that. Oh, and I'm working on a URL. I won't say it right now. What is it? I already got the URL. I'm having trouble forwarding it to the YouTube page. I don't know why. It keeps saying that they don't trust the YouTube page. So I'm still trying to figure it out. Uh, you can find... So Mr. YouTube doesn't or Mrs. Mr. I don't YouTube know. Um, they do that. Either that one or the I... domain, the registry I got from the domain, you know, one of those dot coms isn't forwarding. I don't know. People can guess what is it. It's pretty easy. <laughs> uh, what is it? Um, but it's not forwarding to the YouTube page. So, but you can. It's date night, uh, as in like a night and a K N I G H T. It's a date. It shows a little uh, fruit. But you can still go yeah. to date night dot dot com, and that goes straight to our YouTube page. I always had that, but uh, I always pr- promote it when we do release a video. It shows that. Okay, yeah. cool. So that's date night dot Yes, yes, yes. Do they uh, have to add the HTTP? <laughs> uh, it, actually, you do. If you want colon. to be safe, you put HTTP or S. Was it HTTPS or something? I'm not, I'm not sure. It's I don't something remember like which. That, where in, yeah. Oh, yeah. HTTPS colon slash slash. Those are secured uh, to, to secure URLs. So the, yeah. no one can like you know get your information. Um, anyway, cool. Thank you for actually clarifying all that because yeah. <laughs> I think it, it, it's kind of confusing sometimes. And uh, just want to promote that uh, you and I did a, a video recording of a video game. Uh, uh, I forget the name of the video game now. Uh, I, uh, chicory, chicory, chicory. Uh, chicory, yeah. chicory. I always <laughs> want to say, ch- uh, what is the word? I keep saying chicory or no, that chicory. That's yeah. the right word. There's a word I kept on saying. Every time I tell people like, "Oh, I played this game," and then now I only know the real word, checkery, checkery. Yeah. Am I saying like, that? While playing that, we uh, we uh, came across a, a surprise in the game that I didn't know that could happen. So, you guys, everyone should just check it out. Oh yes, and yeah. See what that surprise. And where do you was, find yeah. that video? <laughs> On our our, our um, YouTube page at the freaking awesome. Okay, yeah. Search that, okay. and then you can find it. It's the one, of course, with the pink, blue, yellow logo yes yeah. because there's like three other ones that have that name one's like a paranormal show and the other ones literally just are the same name <laughs> podcast yeah, the yeah, same yeah. Name. They, i think they yeah. don't have an explanation Without mark the explanation <laughs> exactly <mark>. yeah <laughs> and their logo is blue i think it's blue and, and it's even uh, two people yep. on it to co-host yep yep, yep, yep. <laughs> i listened to like one uh, or two of their episodes uh, it's literally the same format they probably could not they didn't copy us Everyone, a lot of people no. do that format yeah Anyway, I think we were the innovators of it, at least. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, twelve years from <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, we're up there with uh, Mark Marin and um, uh, what's his name? No, uh, a, a comedy bang bang. Oh, uh, guy. Scott Ackerman. 
Yes, yeah, and then, uh, what's her name from uh, Serial? I forgot her name. <laughs> I forgot her yeah. name. Mrs. Serial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, if you're new to the podcast, we usually discuss what we watch, listen, play, and read throughout the week. We begin with the episode with a trailer talk and conclude the episode with a main discussion. Today's main discussion is Netflix's Fear Street Part 1, 1994. So this is a trilogy of films that Netflix is going to release, uh, I think, um, next week and the week yes, after. Yeah. So uh, we're looking forward to uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, um, what do you call that? Uh, uh, if you're listening um, the next couple of weeks, this is my, this is going to be our main discussion the next couple of weeks is the Fear Street trilogy. Um, anyway, for all that, let's go to our trailer talk. This week's trailer talk is Halloween Kills. Before you, wait, wait, we can't uh, actually do this trailer because I did not watch the trailer. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, you you can give a vague description in your review, but I did not watch it. I watched ten, maybe. So I, I actually know which part. It's thirty second mark. Um, I actually ended it, and then yeah, I stopped it because I was like, this is too good. Like it's way too good than I thought it would be. Um, I didn't expect it. I really like. I have to say, I really like John Carpenter's Halloween, the newer one. I don't know how you say that. Like, how do you say that uh, now? Like the first reboot. Yeah, the first reboot. <laughs> no, second reboot. I, mean, I don't know. How, they do the little soft reboot. There's this weird thing now that movies do where it's like ignore the sequels. This is the, or what is that it, called? It could now? be the the version of um, what's his name? What's his Rob Zombie's version of Halloween? John Carpenter. Uh, uh, Halloween. Yeah. Uh, no. So wait, do you like Rob Zombie? I, I like his version? versions too. Yeah. But yeah. it's it's weird. Because it's it's the thing that people are uh, directors or creators are doing. It's the thing where they they re they they do a soft reboot where certain can certain films are canon and some are not. But what did something recently know, did this? Uh, um, Terminator. Right. Terminator. It's Terminator. It was Terminator. To... Terminator. I remember right. No, it's it not is. Terminator. It was the one with Sarah Connor because they ignored uh, the one with Matt Smith and they ignored the one with uh, Kristen Bale recently. Oh, yeah. yes, yes. Like, so the third Terminator. Yeah, they, the third one uh, doesn't sh- yeah. show up too. So it's like one, two, and then the, the not James Cameron, but you know, J- James Cameron, I think, produced that one. But either way, it's a similar thing where they're, they're doing this uh, soft reboot. <laughs> I don't know what you call that thing. <laughs> Uh, uh, but I, yeah, you're right because Halloween of a couple years ago. That's this one's also directed and written by David Gordon Green. Um, is a soft reboot up to the Halloween. So it takes place immediately after the first Halloween, the original Halloween, mm-hmm. and then it goes. What is actually the is first, first Halloween or of this? I thought two is, is canon two in this universe. I, I'm not actually sure, but now I'm curious. What was the th- one that came out a couple years. What was that title? It was just. I think it was Halloween. Again? That's why I was. I'm, I'm oh, confused how so to weird. say that. <laughs> because there's literally three films now that has Halloween as the. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is still, it's still t- continuing. Uh, actors are Jamie Lee Curtis, Judy Greer, and Andy Marichok. Uh, there are the at least three women, the main actors in that film, of David Gordon Green. Uh, here's the plot synopsis from IMDb: a saga, a saga, saga of saga. Michael Myers. The saga of Michael <laughs> yeah. Myers and Lauren Strode continues in the next thrilling chapter of the Halloween series. Um, yeah, like you said, you've only watched thirty seconds into the trailer. I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm not going to talk about it that much. But you stopped in the correct spot. I, anyone who's listening to this right now and haven't watched the trailer, don't watch it after the 30 seconds. Because uh, when they say Halloween kills, they really show all the killing parts. At least uh, the the kills in the trailer. So it kind of removes the, the suspense, I guess. Mm. But I don't know if people are going into this movie like wanting to know who lives or dies or don't care because it's a slasher film so it's, they're gonna watch it no, nonetheless uh but did you like the uh, the the, uh, not the, the the one that came out a couple years ago yeah i Directed. liked both versions rob zombie and the newer version uh it's did david gordon Gord, what's his green name? yeah he's green. directing all three so, uh, okay because yeah. they filmed the other one already i, I believe yes, right they, they, they filmed, filmed black, black back to back, back. okay what is the, well, the next one called it's called oh. ends or something like it's ends? Much, yeah <laughs> no, it's not it's is halloween it really ends called? yeah something yeah. like that <laughs> I just find it. Wait, wait. Are you sure? I don't. I think so. Yeah. I feel. I feel like they retroactively should call the last one called Halloween Begins. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, yeah. Because it makes more sense now uh-huh. if they did uh, do all that like that. I think you're right. It is uh, Halloween. Halloween ends. Uh, I know this is. Oh yeah, you're right. It's Halloween, <laughs> so ends, right? Yeah. They should yeah retroactively just call that first one Halloween Begins. I feel like it's Halloween its own kills. little trilogy. Like you, you kind of know the history of Halloween. It's like its own little. Uh, but then people get like, oh, it's not. It sounds like the Batman Begins, like you know the origin story of Halloween or something. Yeah, or it could be called Halloween Origins. No, what no. Would be, or it should be called Mike Myers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They should call it Mike Myers. Yeah, following the the Batman, oh, the Dark Knight. Never mind. I'm thinking about like how how can you fit the 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 title sequence of like oh, the Dark yeah. Knight. Trilogy. Mike Myers kills. That should be in this one, right? Yeah. Are oh, you yeah, talking about right. like be... the 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 one the John Car- not the John Carpenter the the recent one the 2001 should be called Halloween. This one should be called Mike Myers kills. And the next one should be called um, Mike Meyer ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know. These are just ideas. That's why we're not making the movies no, right no. now. <laughs> they, they they probably have like a a uh, what do you call it a cork board of full of you know everything, all these little stuff. Or similar to the Spider-Man, they have a whiteboard and they're circling all these different ones. Titles, yeah. Yeah, titles. I think Halloween Kills is a cool title. Yeah, I, don't I know think about so Halloween too. Ends. Yeah, me too. I was like, they should have had something else. Omega. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Or uh, what's the opposite of death. Kills? It should be Death. Halloween's oh. Death. Oh, that's even better. Like the death what? of Halloween. Because that's, if that's where the nail the coffin for Mike Myers. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because Ends just sounds like... I don't know. It, it yeah, just sounds it, it, doesn't. It sounds too uh, on the nose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know what the death of Mike Myers too probably. Anyway, that's that is the trailer talk this week. 
Uh, if you don't want to be spoiled, please don't watch Halloween Kills. And I think this movie comes out uh, this year. So uh, looking forward to that. I- I'm pretty sure it's coming out like, uh, yeah, Halloween. <laughs> Somewhere around Halloween, October <laughs> 15, 2021. Uh, this is one of those films that was pushed back. It was supposed to come out last year uh, or not last year. Oh, it's still this year. Oh, yeah, it was pushed back. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. That's our what the trailer talk. John, what have you been doing this week? Uh, I watched two movies. I'm just start this one off. It's July 4th, or it was July 4th. Uh, Netflix. You, so let me. Uh, you watch Independence Day Resurrection. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I would have. I would have watched Independence Day and the sequel. Uh, release the third one. <laughs> I want them to go to the planet to kill them. Like that, they should end it like that. That's basically Starship, Starship Troopers. Yeah, they should Troopers, end yeah. it like how Starship Troopers. Uh, and they find Will Smith's body got teleported, and he fights with the, uh, against aliens. Uh, <laughs> that's. <laughs> and, but they 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 are. The way the Independence Day 3 should is that they unite other alien species to just destroy that one. So it's like a united uh, front. And then uh, <laughs> it's too much. My, my thing was like, what if the aliens came here because our future selves create like this is the resurrection was the version they saw us in mm-hmm. attacking. Well, like, we attacked first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get it? Like, yep. we came to their planet first. And that's to why they try and stop us. But they first. don't know, know what's happening because in their timeline, it was like the past. Yep, yeah. So that, yeah. It's confusing. This end game <laughs> time travel. <laughs> um, so, July 4th, Netflix uh, released a movie, a motion picture, you could say, about America, <laughs> uh, called America the Motion Picture. It's the creators of Archer and. Uh, it sounds uh, like a Mel Brooks type yeah, of film. Yeah. Uh, Archer, it's the creators of Archers and uh, Spider-Man Enter the Spider-Verse. Uh, I don't know who actually directs this one. Let me see who directs this one. Real oh, uh, Matt Thomason. Oh, this is straight up. He he, he helped create uh, Archer. Um, and then, oh uh, uh, yeah, so this cast is Channing Tatum, Jason Mazukis, Olivia Munn, Bobby Moyham, Judy Gear, Will Forte. Guess Ben, what who do who does Will Forte play in this? If it's about America history, just guess. Like he, Will Forte, yeah, Will Forte. Um, he, he always plays this character in everything that's history. Like he uh, does, yes, Abraham yes. Lincoln. Yes, yes, he does. Okay. <laughs> uh, Rule Max Trujillo, Trujillo. I'm probably saying that name wrong. Killer Mike, Simon Pegg, and Andy Samberg. Uh, that's just, there's a whole bunch of other people. Uh, it's a huge cast. Um, so. It's it's an anime show, similar art style of Archer. Uh, it has a bunch of uh, uh, I, I would say like historical figures: George Washington, Samuel uh, Samuel Adams, Thomas Edison, Paul Revere, Abraham Lincoln, Geraldino. Oh my God! Why can't I say that? I'm, I was a huge Geraldino. Yeah, means Matt Smith says it a lot. Uh, and uh, King James and Bernard Arnold uh, and uh, other people. But yeah, it's about basically it's a comedy making fun of how America was brought up and whatnot. Like it's an action movie. What if we made an action movie and made it more exciting about America and how we got our independence from the British and whatnot? Um, I laughed at some parts. Uh, most of it is like just kind of like it tries a little bit too hard for me <laughs> for a comedy, but there, I, I would say there's moments there I really enjoyed and laughed. Uh, a lot of it is a satire about America, about how, uh, so the whole th- premise is like George Washington's trying to get a ragtime team to 
get the British and uh, you know he gets a little more diverse team that we're used to in the history books. Uh, I don't understand like some one of the references they do is uh, Thomas De- Edison. I I don't know if that's a reference to something. Uh, I don't know if you want me to ruin it. The it's not like uh, a huge. I'm surprise. looking at the cast. The only yeah. thing I'm ruined is that Thomas Edison's played by Olivia. Yeah, Martin. so uh, she is playing a Chinese woman in the film. Um, Wait, I, what? Yes, like in, Thomas Edison. Yeah, is a it's Chinese. Chinese woman? Yeah, it's, I, okay. that, that's why I don't understand. Like that's the only historic. I don't know if they just did it because if you see America, it's not diverse. <laughs> Yes, yeah. So uh, they're following the, the Hamilton they, route. And, uh, Lin Manuel is in here. His face is in here when they reference uh, Alexander Hamilton. They show his but face. He doesn't play Hamilton. No, no, no. He does. Oh, no, he okay. play. He just shows his face. Okay, it's just that's funny. a good uh, <laughs> joke reference. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a it's like an action movie. If we someone told the America history with action and whatnot, uh, it's actually like a little bit like off the rails but the 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 plot is not as predictable as you think they do things like a lot of star wars reference it it, when you say mel brooks it kind of feels like that like it feels like a mel brooks film cartoon a little bit so is there like satire because mel brooks was really good at satire yeah but it's weird it's oddly it was trying to balance where it's, it's not trying to uh like because we know America wasn't di- wasn't diverse <laughs> yes, <laughs> in the beginning, yeah. so like there's a scene in here where it shows a like a retype of culture that you think of in America in this one town, and it's like oh wait that's not real like that. But I see it's doing like similar to like Hamilton, where it's like what was we, they're having like you know revisionist uh, viewpoint where what if yeah, yeah. other people played these parts and whatnot, but. Uh, but we like the main character George Washington is is still a white dude and whatnot. He's like best friends with Abraham Lincoln, and that's impossible. <laughs> in the in like historically, it's impossible. Um, but I don't think they grew up right. They don't. They I I know they don't grow. Uh, didn't grow up with each other. Um, yeah, like I think most all these historical figures never probably met. <laughs> no, no, no. Like- um, yeah, Abraham Lincoln is just in there because I don't know why they just put him in there. It's kind of odd. I don't know. I don't know why. That's what I'm saying. It's like they're playing just the history. Like someone was telling, if you told me the history of America, this is it. Like those are the figures that you'll name off and whatnot. Um, I think the one thing that was funny for me is the very ending. When uh, watch this, if you don't want to listen to this part, skip five minutes. <laughs> if you want to mm-hmm. watch this and see the satire of America, watch it. Uh, so the very ending in the film, it is they won. We had our independence and whatnot. And then uh, George Washington makes this huge uh, speech in front of the, what do you call that, lake in front of the memorial, um, um, Washington Monument. That, That's um, the Lincoln King. Memorial. <laughs> no, what's, isn't that lake called something like Mirror or something? I forgot what oh, it's called. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, that was built like yes. long before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So long after it, everyone died. St- st- literally a scene like you see in uh, Martin Luther King's dream speech, basically. That scene where he's in front of the Abraham Lincoln Memorial and whatnot. And then he's making this speech about, you know, America is diverse and stuff like that. And then in the very ending, someone questions like, how about slavery? Are we going to end slavery? Oh, it is. Then, it's called the Lincoln Memorial Reflecting Okay, so yeah, 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 Reflecting Pool. Yeah, then one person yells out, how about save slavery? Are we going to end that? 
And someone the other and Washington. Oh yeah, we're working on that. As and a woman asks, like, how about women's rights? We don't even have rights in the Constitution. Oh, no. And then he's like, yeah, we're gonna work on that. And then uh, and then one person is like, uh, can we make guns part of the Constitution? Because I, this actually helped during the war. The British. If I didn't have a, gu- you gave us guns. And then, uh, but then so I was like, yeah, but we only have to give guns to people we trust. And then, <laughs> and it makes this whole like scene chaos like that yeah. it's like a chaos scene of all these people oh and gay rights too like they're like how about gay rights like that and then and then washington's like oh oh what have i done like that like the uh the the thing like it's yeah even though it did the whole like we we help make uh, america uh uh they still have huge problems it still yes, does like yeah. it's not like the perfect country in the world it shows it in here a lot of the uh, people of color characters in here is always questioning Washington. <laughs> like they're always questioning like, do you actually have our best interests in mind when we're if we're gonna help you uh invade win. or win against the British, yeah. will I be actually have a voice and stuff like that? And that's why they have like Olivia Munn play Thomas Edison because there was a Chinese woman in that time period that was yeah. like I what I know of history, I don't there was never a figure or a person that I know of. Uh, Killer Mike plays a blacksmith. Uh, he is a blacksmith, not a blacksmith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so he makes. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But people think he's a blacksmith, like a person named Smith, and he's black. Yeah. Like, oh no. <laughs> um, and then uh, uh, Rule Max Trujillo uh, plays Doramino, and then he plays a native, basically. And then you get the satire in that yeah. uh, thing. Yeah. Uh, other than that, yeah, it's it's. I, I'd say if you want to have that almost Mel Brooks type comedy, I wonder if this would have worked live action. If they had like the right people and the right people portraying certain characters, maybe. But it's a cartoon and whatnot. Uh, the cartoon, it's, when it's a cartoon too, it's adult cartoon. It's not like, you know, if you don't want your under 13 year olds watching this. Uh, there's a lot of nudity, profanity, blood, <laughs> what, all that things. Uh, but yeah, it's on Netflix if you want America the Motion Picture. Uh, next one, real quick, the Music Park, Amusement Park, sorry, the Music Park. Uh, you can watch this on Shudder. It's a George A. Romero directed uh, film. He directed it in 1973. Uh, off the cuffs, like around, I'm assuming near after um, Night of the Living Dead, he probably directed this. Um, I would say... Uh, um, if you are looking for like a George Romero, uh, oh no, see he did season the witch right before this too, and crazies. Okay, um, I'm looking season at the I'm witch, being. like the Halloween season of the witch. It's actually called Jack's wife. It's the one about the witch. Uh, the wife is like a uh, witch. We we talked about this on the podcast. Yeah, before. yeah, it sounds it, familiar. Yeah, it's 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 like two titles, but yeah, the music part is a uh, PSA actually film. So it's about. Uh, how would you say like a uh, how to take care of the elderly in the world? You know how those like those reefer madness. I think those types? yes, yeah, yeah. So think like of in that. the nineteen sixties, seventies. Yeah, think of that. It's like a PSA, but directed by George Romero and just through his lens. It's insane, kind of when you think about it. the whole premise is an elderly man going to a music park, amusement park, and the music park represents all the social. Um, what do you call that? Like. Ah oh, man, uh, 
care, social care for elderly and how we actually abuse the elderly. And if you're not, you know, if you're a veteran, you don't get really great, uh, you know, benefits, uh, yeah. benefits and whatnot. Or certain aspects we don't actually think about the elderly to help them and whatnot. Like uh, one, one of the things to to show a scene, uh, one the per, the main character. Uh, oh man, I need to see his name. He's only uh, Lincoln Mazel. He plays the main character uh, in this film. Um, he goes to bumper cars and they're having fun, but they're checking his license and stuff like that. And then, um, so if you take the amusement part as the world and not necessarily amusement park, that's how the film is being being played off. So like they check his license, and I guess on his license it says he, he needs to wear glasses and whatnot. He witnessed a car accident, a bumper car accident, uh, um, with an elderly person and a young person. And then the cops get there, they believe the young person more because the elderly, because the elderly person looks old, and they question the main character Lincoln. Um, if he can actually see the accident well and they asked him like were you wearing your glasses he said no so then he's like oh maybe you you didn't see it right maybe the young person didn't hit the person so it's like that whole so it's you know it's playing off of that like uh, how do we treat them and how in in society and whatnot uh it's a good lot of visuals that's really cool it is made in 1973 just keep that in mind but i think it was really cool you can watch this on Shutter uh, right now, if you have it, it's his last film. So uh, that they'll ever debut from him, like directed by him. They, I, I read they kept this away from the public for a long time because it was paid by the city of Pittsburgh um, for PSA for this for the elder, but it was too artsy, <laughs> so they never really released it. So and they kept it for a long time until. The wife and the family got a hold of it and then uh, started doing resolution or not. What do you call it when you try to uh, resolution? That's not the word. No, uh, re- I know what you're trying to think of. To make remaster, the film, yeah, like, like a remaster, remaster version. Uh, the restore. restore, restore, restore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to restore the film and uh, they added, I believe, some couple of scenes and some audio, uh, and, and yeah, they made it. Uh, really good I think it's uh, a good film just to like if you want that Romero kick he's in the film very young he is in that scene where I was talking about the bumper cars he plays a young man so if you see him he's very so young so how old was he when he created uh, this I don't know he should be very young because I think he when he made Night of the Living Dead he wasn't 30 he was like before not that old he wasn't that old yet uh, when he made Night of the Living Dead uh, so this is only maybe Three or five years after or before Night of the Living okay. Dead. Okay. Or after after Night of the Living Dead. So, um, but yeah, check but it like out. at the time, Night of the Living Dead wasn't like the hit it was before. No, no, no. Yeah, he because after this, he directs the crazies, and then that's that's or uh, during this or before this. So that's uh, crazy too. Was there a like? I'm I'm trying to figure out. I don't know if you know it well. Like his trajectory as like now like a well-known filmmaker like what was the film that put him like during his time his era like i probably the crazies that's the horror film that uh put him on the map more uh also look look up the poster for the amusement park it's really good i really like that poster (laughs) whoever designed it is that the original poster I think they made it for the new one. Like because there's no uh, original but it, it captures that feel of that era Whoever made the uh, did a great job for that error. 
I'm looking at it right now. Oh, yeah, it is really good. I do like the whole... That, yeah, that's a really cool poster. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Okay, so that's Amusement Parks on Shutter. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that is the original one now. It just looks no, like... No, no, because in the bottom uh, I see the poster. It says the, the production companies that helped make it. Shutter. Oh, that uh, makes sense because this movie would have not came out anyway. No, 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 yeah. yeah. It, would, it, was, it was ever a movie. It was a PSA, but they, yeah. didn't, they didn't want that type of PSA. Okay. Huh. This is actually looks cool. I, I'm looking forward to that because now I'm going to watch it. Uh, so that's on Sh- the amusement park on Shutter and uh, America. What was the first one you mentioned? Most, mo- the motion picture. America, the motion, the picture the motion picture on picture. Netflix. Yeah. Okay. Cool. If you guys want to uh, watch something on 4th of July, I feel like those are cool <laughs> things to watch, I guess. It's very Americana, I guess you could yeah. say. Amusement well, 4th park. of July went past already, so. Oh, yeah. I mean, the upcoming 4th of July. Yeah, next year. <laughs> Next year is 4th of July. Anyway, uh, speaking of Americana, Americana, <laughs> I also watched something. Uh, I watched something uh, that that's, will have a, a impact in society, I guess you could say. No, I don't know. But it had an impact in the past, I think, five years in the society, especially social media, if you're really into social media. Uh, I watched the film Zola. Uh, which is written and directed by Janice Bravo. Uh, if that name sounds familiar, um, her partner is Brett. Oh no, I'm at to Brett. <laughs> Brett Gelman. Uh, they work together really well. Uh, if you know Brett Gelman, he has all these, you know. Uh, these short films online about uh, eating or having dinner with certain people. It's it's called dinner, it, dinner with friends. Blah blah blah. So like I, I think I mentioned this before. Dinner with America with Brett Gelman. Dinner with friends with Brett Gelman and friends. So uh, that's the partner and uh, Janice Bravo. I think helps. They both write. They're both writers, and they both help each other, and they both have like the sensibility, same sensibility. So in this film, do you know anything about Zola, John? I know it's something from Twitter, and that's it. <laughs> yes. So I don't know. Uh, it is from Twitter. It's a. It was a Twitter thread. Uh, I think it was a hundred and forty-five uh, uh, tweets. The that. Uh, this woman, uh, Asia King or Asia Zola King, uh, I, I actually don't know what her Twitter handle is. Um, she basically tweeted this ridiculous and wild um, adventure, I guess you could say, experience with this woman that she barely knew. And they went to from Ohio, they went to Florida and that's when all the chaos ensues, basically. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to like spoil everything, but there is like uh, sex work in the film. There's there's uh, references to uh, trafficking, sex trafficking in the film too. Uh, uh, and then uh, otherwise, it's it is not like a dramatic uh, film. Like it's it's mostly it has a lot of comedic parts. I think it, yeah. it, I mean it's written by uh, Jane X Bravo, so she is very much in the comedic realm. She likes satire and whatnot. I don't think it's trying to be satirical. I think it's trying to, you know, uh, show this to America and that this like this could be someone's life 
like this is what people go through sometimes and whatnot. Um, it's based on other than based on Asia's King's tweets. It's also based on a uh, I think it's a New York Times article. I want to say it's a New York. Uh, Zola tells all the real story behind the greatest stripper saga ever tweeted uh, by David Kushner. I think. He interviewed it, uh, Asia, and then they basically fact-checked everything. And then the film itself is supposed to be a true story. Uh, like, uh, uh, I will, I want to give a shout out to a lot of like new, not new. They're not new actors, but they're like, I think this is going to make them a star. Uh, Taylor Page is one. She plays uh, Asia King uh, Zola, basically. Uh, Riley Kano or Kyo Kyo, I think that's how you say her name. Uh, she's well known as being Elvis's granddaughter, but she's in American Honey, uh, which is a good film too. But uh, this is a interesting role in her because I think she's playing the villain, but you you kind of s- sympathize with her. Uh, Nicholas Braun, you've seen him in things. Uh, Iroh Stashel is a, a person you've seen, and Coleman Domingo is a person that everyone's seen. Um, but yeah, it's this whole the whole inception and the craft of it. Uh, it's it's quite wild, and this this whole story was adapted from like into like a tweets, and it's like a mid budget indie film, so it's kind of unique on its own. Because from interviews what I've uh, listened to, like they compare it to someone who's adapting Shakespeare. What to a film. really? Wow! Yeah. Because. Tweets have its own, you know, when you <laughs> Rhythm, read a tweet, yeah. it has its own um, Rhythm. nuances, yeah, I guess you could say, yeah. Say, yeah. Uh, versus, like, if you, you know, it's basically, like, you, if you adapted uh, how, what's his name? The Leonardo DiCaprio's version of Romeo and Juliet. Mm. Like, that's a whole new take. And I think this is, like, uh, Janique's um, take on Asia King's tweets. Um, it is not conventional in a sense of, I think when you go watch, I don't know if you watch this trailer, John. I did a, a while ago, yes. A lot of people probably relate it to like Hustler, that Jennifer Lopez and uh, Constantine uh, Wu's yeah, yeah. film. Yeah, like a couple years ago. Uh, it's definitely like that, that's, that That film, like Hustlers, is like a very conventional, like, you know, film that's made from like the Hollywood studio system. While Janique Bravo's film she's a she's a theater like she graduated as a theater uh person like um in theater not like when i mean theater like plays musicals mm-hmm, or whatever mm-hmm. uh so her background's in theater so a lot of it and she loves like a lot of old like foreign films and whatnot so a lot of the film is like shots that are lingering at one thing and then you're just like reflecting <laughs> on this one thing um the, but the comedic parts are really funny. Uh, I think there's this one scene that... So, like, I think I talked about, like, the, um, the male gaze. And this is more of the female gaze uh, because it's directed by Janix Bravo. I think she identifies herself as a woman. But it's in her gaze. So, a lot of it... There's no female nudity in it. But there's a lot of male nudity. Mm. And it's it's taken to the perspective of, like... Well, this is what male directors shoot female actors in nude scenes. So I'm just going to mimic that and look, see how ridiculous it is oh. <laughs> when it's a male. Yeah. And it's kind of cool to see. You're like, oh, yeah, this does look ridiculous. Like it doesn't look, it doesn't look flattering at all. <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, yeah, I, I, I say uh, watch it if you're a fan of A24 films. It's it's basically Hustler if it was produced or uh, distributed by A24. <laughs> I always <laughs> tell people. Uh, that is out on theaters. Uh, please support it because it's a small film. But I think Taylor Page, uh, her playing the protagonist is going to go uh, a lot. Play- I think she shines in this. Even, even though she plays like plays it really calm and well, I think her expressions and whatnot uh, really uh, makes the film better. So that's Zola. Um, so that's it for now. Oh, yeah. Uh, should I, should we do the list after the main discussion? Uh, it's whatever you want because you're adding one, right? Yes. Let's just do the list right now. Uh, so as you know, if you're a listener to the podcast, uh, we always have the freaking awesome list every year and it is reflecting to like what year it is. So it's 2021. So that means we have 221 things to add (laughs) to this. No, uh, We have 21 things to add in the list. Last year, we had 20 things. Uh, right now, we only have five things at the at the moment. And it could be anything. It could be something that came out this year or something you just watched. And uh, a lot of the list is contr- the tr- contributors are from guests from the uh, on that episode. So in January, January, we had Hannah and Chachi as our guests. And they put... Queen's Gambit and Kawaii album. Um, and then John had the Bertie Sanders Mitten Mini. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, this is when during the inauguration uh, of Joe, uh, President Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joel Barber uh, had Smooth City, which was a graphic novel. Um, Monique Jones also had a graphic novel, and she just started reading Sandman. So, what do you think I'm going to add, John? <laughs> uh, is it something that we talked about? It hasn't been something to talk oh, about. I and it might be know. a surprise to everyone. Uh, what I'm going to add, it's a music album that I've been playing since it came out in May. But I feel like it's it's I feel like it's one of those albums that is is uh, reflecting of the time. It uh, it con- uh, contextualizes things that we probably know about, recontextualize the things that we know about. But like now, you look at it in a different light. Um, what I'm going to talk about is Olivia Rodrigo's album, Sour. Okay. I've uh, heard of this album. I don't know really the artist that well, but I've yes. seen her name around. So I only know Red, uh, Olivia Rodrigo not as well as from this album, but like I knew she was in the new high school musical. like um, The TV it's like show? It's a show based on yeah, the yeah. high school musical, yeah. So it's like they're doing like a weird meta thing yep, on that yep, show. Yep, I, yeah. I never watch. I don't watch High School Musical, but I know she. I, I, I'm assuming she plays the lead role that um, Vanessa Hudgens played in that uh, in that play in that in that movie. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah. So Olivia Rodrigo released this song at the beginning of the year in January called "Driver's License." Uh, it became a hit because I think. Uh, there's this bridge on the song that's really like powerful. Uh, then everyone, you know, it's a very good karaoke song too. But yeah, so uh, with this album Sour, because I think there's a lot of talk about like Britney Spears, like um, what what do you call it? Uh, conservation ship, the where the legal rights or like the the legal the legality of uh, of her like uh, mental health like. Her family is like keeping her away from like the world, 
Um, I don't know if you know a little about that, John. Yes, I know. <laughs> we watched the documentary about that. Yeah, yeah t- talking about like a lot. Of, uh, it does the album doesn't talk about that, but knowing that Oliva Rodrigo is still uh, well, she was a teenager when she created the album, so she was seventeen at the time, and then. Uh, it like you have artists like Billie Eilish who's also who was a teenager, but you if you watch her documentary, she seemed like her life is a little bit better than uh, Britney Spears's when she was that young. Like the to be in that spotlight and being that young, I could see how that could harm someone, mm-hmm. uh, especially as popular as Britney Spears was in the '90s. So like this album kind of captures like that '90s vibe but through the lens of like a modern teenager that you could tell even the album cover itself she's basically dressed like how Britney Spears dressed like in her uh, album covers oh. you know like you know uh, uh, a mid skirt mini skirt and like a mid showing her midriff and whatnot so it has like that type of vibe when you uh, when you think about the album or like when you listen to the album mm-hmm. but it also wears its like influences on its sleeve because ha- there's a lot of like musical melodies that kind of reminds me of the yeah yeah yeahs oh. or like folk music like the first song brutal literally talks about how brutal it is to be a teenager now and that uh it's not what i think there's even like a shout out because it's not like a teenage dream that people think it is like it's you know cool and everything um and it's one of those albums too, like uh, like Taylor Swift, where a lot of references to like a breakup. <laughs> I guess you could say like she had like a couple of breaks up here and there, but her songwriting is so well that you could resonate with it, even though you're not like I'm not a teenage girl, <laughs> so yeah. uh, I'm I'm like identify as like a cis male and who is a straight, so it's kind of like <laughs> like not for me like the the lyrics but i could still resonate because some of those i guess those feelings still you could still have those feelings still but yeah i i highly recommend it i recommend that she came up with like uh last week uh the sour prom i think it's called the sour prom where it's like this uh music video that's shot with like uh several of her big hits but because she's a teenager, it's the whole music video is like thirty minutes long, and it's about her going to the prom. I would recommend that John, if you haven't heard her music, that if you like that, like then listen to her album. Okay. Yeah, it's very a lot of her music in this album is very catchy. That's what I would say. Like, there's a lot of lines there that is very memorable. To like, oh wow, that's a really good line. Like. And then, like, then you kind of admire her uh, songwriting, too. And in interviews, I saw her, like, she's very down-to-earth. And uh, she, you know, she doesn't seem... She seems like she's aware now. Like, versus, like, Britney Spears, who probably was taken advantage of when she was young. Mm. Like, with her... Because she's getting so big and whatnot. I'm assuming that's what the documentary kind of Kind of, yeah. yeah. It, it looks like Olivia Rodrigo has, like, a good head on her shoulders but also a good supporting uh, uh group with her mm-hmm. but yeah that's olivio rodrigo uh that's the sixth thing uh this year we still have sixth thing 15, only oh the sixth thing yeah oh. the sixth <laughs> thing this year so we still have 50 more items and it's the middle of the year i think uh, i wasn't paying sour. attention to how many when you were talking about it i was like oh wait oh yeah there's five items okay yeah. Yeah. now there's six okay yeah. okay yeah but uh but you have nothing yet to no, add. no 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 
okay probably next maybe week. by the end of three weeks we'll see <laughs> oh yeah okay i don't know if you're hinting something but um so let's move on to our main discussion this week's main discussion is next is next why am i saying it weird this week's main discussion is netflix's fear street part one 1994 one night and dead people are trying to kill us maybe we are doomed she was so sexy but so crazy normal bitches don't bleed black blood how do we not die i'm looking at you witch nerd you can't stop it that is a clip of The Fear Street, Part 1, 1994, co-written and directed by Lee Janika. I think that's how you say her name. Uh, Janik. Ak. Janik Ak. <laughs> uh, based on the R.L. Stein novel starring Kiana Madeira, Olivia Scott Welch, Benjamin Flores Jr., Julia Rawald, Ray Raywald, Fred Henching, Henge Changing. Henginger, Henginger. Um, apologize uh, for if I'm butchered all those last names. Uh, anyway, here's the plot synopsis on IMDb. A circle of teenage friends accidentally encounter the ancient evil responsible for a series of brutal murders that have plagued their town for over 300 years. Welcome to Shady Side. John, you told me that you read the third book of this trilogy. Uh, but I don't even know if this is even following any of the novels that are all signed. It, it looks like they reference his novels a lot. So I'm assuming it's like um, it's like a Castle Rock, the show, where you reference a bunch of Stephen King novels and put it into their own universe. I'm mm. assuming that's what's happening here. But uh, what do you thought about that book? And what do you think about this uh, first movie of the trilogy? Uh, so yeah, for context, um, I read the Betrayal trilogy, and in those books they talk about a uh, a family, <laughs> two families. Uh, a I don't know if I'm gonna ruin the film for here. Like, um, it so in the book there is a family called Fear, uh, spelled F- spelled F I E R. Yeah, uh, and there's another family called Good. G O O D E. Okay, I think you are going to because I didn't even realize that that's a thing um, right now. <laughs> uh, in the book, those two families are the main focus, you can say. Uh, in the movie we watch, it's a little bit different. Uh, I will explain later, but it's way different. The way they're doing the story feels different. They're maybe taking the names, but they're doing something completely different. What well, I can tell from the first movie. Um, I really like Betrayal. It's when the season of the witch, a year that we did, <laughs> uh, where everything I watched was mostly witches or played or whatnot. Um, this that this book was really fun and it's a good young adult, but it's very brutal, very violent. Uh, we can talk about that later too in this uh, in this movie. Uh, from I grew up with Arl Stein as Goosebumps, but I didn't read a lot of his books. Maybe like a handful. Most well, like most of them were the kid, you know, really kitty versions like of horror and whatnot. But uh, as adult person, I read 
betrayal and then so still, was betrayal a novel created for adult audiences a young adult i would say young a adult, young adult. It, 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 there's, young a, adult there's a lot of focus on love and uh, romance and relationships a lot of it is it about that and that's where I characterize like young adults mostly like in that vein uh, but remember these books were made in the early 90s so uh, uh it, but this book is takes place the one i read in the 1600s so what i can tell from the trailer of this trilogy of fear street my book that i read is going to be the last movie the 1666 uh so i'm looking forward to that so that's my history with this fear street series uh you say it's like castle rock uh, maybe, maybe they're doing like Castle Rock because I've never read the other Fear Street. I'm assuming all the references of all the massacres and other killings from this movie is a reference to another book, like an individual novel. So I think you're right. There's yeah. an overall story arc in the Fear Street. Like, there's a reason why there's something happening in Fear Street. In the movie, it's very different than the book. That's why I'm like, it's they're taking liberties about what's happening. And I think they're making it more straightforward or what would you call that more like the mainstream can understand it because when the book i read there's a lot happening and a lot of things you have to explain why they're happening and whatnot and i think the way they explain the the curse and on uh, shady town shadyville what is it called I always forget shady side Sa- in shady side shady side and sunnyvale, sunnyvale. so it's sunnyvale. sunnyvale in the book itself I, too? what i remember i don't remember shadyvale from what you shady, remember you don't remember yeah what i remember i don't remember that name that they, they, they don't really pay attention if they did because mine takes place in the old days i don't know if they build another town later on you know what i'm saying like yeah, yeah. so uh, or it could be a, a reference to one of the other rl stein fear street probably uh, i'm not sure yeah uh but either way um uh for this movie it's i like it a lot uh it's probably my favorite horror movie this year <laughs> so far that i've watched uh beating my other my my the close one was the quiet place part two i've been watching a lot of horror movies this year so uh but i guess the season starts now <laughs> After this, <laughs> uh, I, I, I what the other one was that werewolf one too. Just recently came out. Uh, but well, yeah. you watched that one? No, that, the... that, I'm saying that one just recently came out too. Oh, the yes, werewolf, yeah, yeah. and then like after after this week, a lot is coming out. Um, but Fear Street is what I like about horror. Like it captures the nostalgia, but at the same time, making new tropes. Not tropes. Well, not tropes, but pushing it forward i always reference this film it's one of my favorite films is cabin in the woods i always took that film as the very ending that we need to reset horror there's too many tropes people are too familiar to all the tropes we need to reset it and do something different and that i feel like this is one of those films that did it another example to me that did it differently like it follows or final girls like this, the, yeah this film has like a lot of it follows yes, vibe like to it. it's like that where but also, even like the last scene kind of reminds mm-hmm. me of it follows yeah. uh but also it so the director of the film i forget her name uh uh lee janik i actually don't know so i actually watched uh something from her uh she used to do the screams tv series uh or she did oh that makes a lot sense she did like a couple episodes of scream TV season. I did watch like a couple episodes of that. Not not my not not of hers. Like I I didn't search out for her name, um, but seeing her the IMD page of her saying Scream TV series, 
uh, I can see why they picked her or she was, you know, going for this job. Um, this reminds me of that type of style too, because the music in here uh, really is that <laughs> nostalgia, like licensed music, but I think they did a good job using them. Like there are moments here that they use the music so well that it it evolves a scene. Like the the cue for the music uh, goes to the next scene. Because- You're talking about the, the song I won't spoil what the scene happens, but it's when creep. Yeah, yeah, happens, that. Right? Yeah. There's like a like couple like that where the transition going to the next scene is evolving the music. I like when mu- movies do that. And it's cool. Like it, just, it, it gives that MTV kind of reminds vibe. me of um, what's his name? Scott Pilgrim and <laughs> yes, Baby Driver. The baby Driver. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, what's Edward, his name? Edward Wright. Uh, yeah, Edward Wright. And he yeah. does a great job doing that too. Uh, all the characters here I love. Like they're they're tropes, but they're evolved tropes. Like. They, they are, yes. So, like in the movie itself, yeah, they involve yeah. as different characters. Yep, yeah. Uh, they they have more shades of other stuff to them besides doing the typical nerdy character, jock, all that stuff. Like, they're other different, they're more than that. And I was like, that's good. That's why I always wanted in horror is just evolve the character, make us care about them. And I feel like all the slasher films I watched in the past, maybe 10 years, even the ones I like, the, no one I don't get involved in the characters in this film I was invested in these characters like I want them to survive I want them to be the hero like I want them to live to the next uh, to, I want them all to be the final girl and yeah. then when they pull that I like the closest thing that I could think of is like it yeah the yeah first, yep the yeah. first it but they didn't even do that in the first it when you think about the kids in there that's true it, yeah it, 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 it's a set story this one we have nothing like I guess if you read the books, maybe these characters are in them, but I have no reference, like no nothing uh, to them. And then all the characters are built in the way where all of them can be the final girls. So I'm like, man, what what are they doing here? And then when they do pull out the rug off out of you, and when it does something happen, I feel bad. <laughs> I feel like yeah, I, yeah. I don't know how I feel. Like fe- I felt like in my mind, I was like, oh. Wow, so we're uh, the the stakes are real. Yeah, in this, yeah, yeah. yeah. In that's what. Series. That's the thing. And then, so you and, cannot actually like. I mean, you cannot. Uh, what do you call? It? Hold on to not hold on. What's what's the word I'm looking for? But you cannot. Uh, um, dang it! I, invest. I invest or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Invest in uh, these characters too much mm-hmm. because yeah, like you said, like when the rug is pulled out under you, yeah, it is really terrible yeah, like yeah. i was like oh no like and in my mind i'm like How, uh, well they could probably you know show up <laughs> later like that yeah, yeah. yeah. so my, my my whole mind is like yeah, this, this has to be a dream right like this this yeah. uh, there'll be like a reverse curse thing like happen yes, and yeah like this weird plot will happen where thing but that it it, it stays true to the horror uh, of it and for, Which I like yes. because another film that does similar like things is uh, Attack the Block. Yep, yep, exactly. Where you That's invest another in some one. of these yeah. characters and you're like, oh, I guess any, anyone could just die in this, yeah, in this yeah. film right now. Um, yeah. But yeah, was, like that's a perfect example of like taking the tropes and just flipping it a little bit and then uh, evolving more. Um, yeah, it's it. I love like the first scene of here. This is not even a spoiler. It just resembles screen. I mean, it's. I would say like yeah, it's an old like the it's director plainly said yeah, and it's old to screen. They have the actor. I forgot her name. She plays. Hawk. In, yeah, Maya uh, Hawk. Her, yeah, Maya uh, Hawk. She yeah. plays 
uh, a character in Stranger Things and a character that works in the mall. So when I saw her face, like, oh, this is funny. Like, she works in the mall. And it's you know, a Netflix It's a Netflix uh, thing. Series, yeah. I don't know. I, I seen her in the trailers. I was like, I wonder what would happen. I think even part two of Fear Street, they have another main character from a Netflix oh, series. Th- oh, yes, it is. It is that. Yeah. Yep, yeah. But, uh, and I'm pretty sure they're going to do the exact same maybe, thing. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. And they they do like an ode to uh, scream to that one, so that's kind of cool. They know the audience, but they also know like how invested not invested, but people who love horror will watch this. And I think they did a good job for a moment there. I forgot this movie was rated R, and when the gruesome stuff happens, I was like, wait, this is rated R. <laughs> not rated R for nudity, not rated R for profanity. It's rated R for blood and violence. So uh, that when that happened, it happened. I really like the ending. It's what I. It's like, yep, that's what you should do. Like, uh, it's the thing where I not always wanted, but it's like, oh, I like when movies end like this. So it's like, yep, that's how you tell a story and then make us more evolved for. Uh, was it 1978? That's the next year we're going. Uh, I think so, right? 19... 1970. Yeah, yeah, 1978. So the next yeah. one is 1978. The last one was 1666, which uh, they give a little trailer in the end. Yep, yeah, which they did is the Marvel thing. <laughs> The thing yeah. that, uh, you know, in the end of a uh, Captain America is like, what are you going to do? And, or something like that. And when you talk about, and then it shows all the scenes for the yeah, next movie. Yeah, the next film, yeah. Uh, I think that's genius for Netflix to do that. Like, uh, that's how you build the hype around. And it kind of revolves around something they mention in the film. Yep, so yep, it's yeah, kind of yeah. cool because you're now piecing everything together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's, uh, it's a good way to... So what I can tell then... It's the the two characters here, or the three main characters in the ending are the leads, and then uh, they'll talk about how to get rid of the curse. I'm assuming that's the whole thing. So I'm curious, uh, how can you tell that 1666 story though? No, how how can you tell any or even the next one without? Because in my eye, like in the, and this is not a spoiler, but in the ending of this film, uh, there's a character that comes up. And it will they tell the story. They mentioned from the 1978. Yeah, 1978 yeah. version. So they, they're going to tell the story. But how do you still make it engaging? Yep, yep. That's where you the bring thing. these two yep. other characters in. Yeah. Yeah. Like, my mind, I, when I first saw this, I thought it was going to be like a Back to the Future type of thing. Oh, they they're go going back to pass. No. They keep on going back to the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's basically what's happening is like these characters start in 94, but they go back only 20 years later. Mm-hmm. And then in the third film, they go back. Hundred yeah, yeah. years, it is yeah. The Back to the Future plot, yeah. No but time. There's no time travel gonna, here. <laughs> Dude, yeah, no time travel. The, yeah, it's the storytelling is that we're referencing, not the yeah. time travel part. That's a but good I eye. Uh, I didn't even think about that. I didn't yeah, even really would, think I, about I, that. I, that's why I'm curious. Like some, there's characters that don't make it in this film. Will, will we see them back then? But they're playing their grandmother. Oh or yeah, their yeah, mom. yep, yeah. Because uh, there's a character that doesn't make it in this film, and they literally said. Oh, my mom's sister told me about yep. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Oh, will you look like your? Will you look like your mom's sister in this film? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, are you gonna show up in this film as your mom's sister because mm. you kind of look alike now? Yeah. So I'm interested in that. Like, I I think that's a cool little thing. Um, but uh, anything else? That's it. Watch it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, really. I found this really, really entertaining. Um, from the new, I think a lot of them are new talent actors. Like mm-hmm. the cast is made up of all these different types of uh, uh, different people from with no actual background. Like I think they did like short films and whatnot. Uh, but they, 
I like how the film itself plays into the nostalgia of the 90s. It's really impressive. But I do, you mentioned about the music, but I do get, think, I think they get too excessive with the music. I think that's the only way they could tell us this is the 90s, is through mm-hmm. the music. Yep, yeah, yeah. I don't think they could, I, a lot of the, um, the, 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 they rely on the music and capturing the music, but a lot of it, because in the year 2021, there's this like sort of comeback to like 90s fashion, music, and the attitude. Like, like I just mentioned, Olivia Rodrigo is basically an album where she, ta- uh, like, it's designed like a 90s album, like her clothes and everything. And I think because of that, it makes this film look like it's from today still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, everyone's just not have cell phones. That's the only difference yep, yeah. to me is no one's having a, no one's carrying a cell phone in the film. Other than that, there's nothing that feels like the 90s. It just feels like, it's like probably... When there we in the in the early two thousand when we saw like films that takes place in the eighties, I bet you people from the eighties were like, "Oh, this is not how the eighties were uh, back then." Like it's a it's a hyper reality yep. of that yeah. version, yeah. Um, but I do I think because Stranger Things is on Netflix, they get a lot influenced by like how this is created, like. It, a lot of like the sequences feels like something from like um, Stranger Things and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really, I really, really thought the story was interesting. I think it, it grabs a lot, uh, borrows a lot from like other films and just like mesh them together. So I don't think anything here was like a surprise. But it's towards the end where things started to happen. You're like, oh, okay. Uh, I don't know where they're going, but I'm now interested like how they're going to finish this mm-hmm. or how are they going to end it now? Because, uh, yeah, like we were talking about earlier, like how are they going to fit everything together while you still kind of sympathize with the characters from uh, 94? Like how are we going to sympathize a character from 94 if you're playing something from 1666? Um, but yeah, I want to see how they do that. I was kind of spoiled because we mentioned about like if any of these actors are going to come back. Several of these actors are coming back some in some form in the trilogy. It looks like oh, okay, um, but I won't say uh, what form. And uh, yeah, I never. I, I I found it too on the nose when the sheriff is named uh, Sheriff like Good, and I was like, oh, I wonder what are they going to play on that. And then once you told me. I was like, oh, because there is a scene with that sheriff that sparks a little bit of like trivia. Like, what? Why did he do that? Like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, the door yes, scene? yes. The, yeah. the note, right? Yeah, yes, yeah. The yes. note. So, uh, yeah, really. The so I was really impressive of a couple of the kills in here where uh, it takes straight from like scream or final destination type of kills. Mm-hmm. It's probably like one or two only, but, um, Halloween is an influence, like the yes, second yeah, Halloween. Halloween or yeah, is yeah. it the second one in the hospital? I think it is right. In yeah, the institute, yeah. 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 I think it is yeah, because yeah. that's when, um, what's her name? Um, What's what's the uh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis? Lori, oh, Lori, yeah, Lori Strode was in uh, in the uh, in the uh, institution of some sort, uh, but yeah, I really dug it. I think um, I think they are very creative of what they're doing right now, and I really want to see them. I wanted to see them land. What do you call that? What's the expression? Uh, stick stick it to the landing. Stick I guess to the say. landing. 
stick to the landing. <laughs> Sticking to the comes, landing. Be a fly. Yeah, stick to the landing. Yeah. Uh, I want them to stick to the landing when it comes to that third film because I really want everything to uh, encompass and uh, come together and whatnot. Um, I would say that some of the highlights um, are the characters Kate and Josh mm-hmm. are my highlights. I think the two leads. Uh, I won't say who they play and what what the relationship are, but I think the two leads are good. But I think they're the literally the trope of what we usually see. Uh, there's probably the difference is like their relationship is not as uh, clean. We don't see that as yeah, I don't think we it's don't clean. Like it's uh, it, yeah, it's yeah. not clean. Yeah, uh, we don't see that as uh, much in uh, horror slasher mm-hmm. films. Um, but I think Kate and Josh because of where they began and how they ended takes a really cool like uh uh turn I mm-hmm. think, for, for me i think simon's in there too yeah but uh, i think, I think simon his... is a good person where you think he's this one character but yeah he's like this good person <laughs> just yes, you know yeah they're just struggling in this town yeah but yeah, that's it for me. I don't have anything at the moment. But uh, yeah, that's Netflix's Fear Street Part 1, 1994. Uh, do you have anything else to mention about the movie? No. We're not going to talk spoilers, so. Yeah. I think we're probably going to talk spoilers once the third film. Then we could re- reconnect everything mm-hmm. and uh, see things that we haven't we I think I just spoiled myself, too, because I was looking at something. And I was like, oh, that's what you're talking about. <laughs> Yes, I yeah. wouldn't think what I was doing, but I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, it's cool. I like that idea." Uh, yes, yeah, uh, that's that's how I was spoiled because mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to research like, uh, where where is this person? Like, what where what are they doing the next? Yeah, because like, the next uh, movie, that person, like, was really big in this film. It's just funny so like, you mentioned uh, Back to the Future. <laughs> it's like that's yeah, like that's, perfect. That's exactly that's like perfect. Uh, storytelling yeah. of this the version of that that's what i immediately got when i saw like what what the years were coming yeah. from and then how they're telling the story is like, oh this is like back to the future without the time mm-hmm. but i was thinking that it will be time traveling actually oh. <laughs> like there's a spell like a witch spell. Gonna, yeah. yeah like they're gonna treasure themselves like quantum leap type of uh, situation i don't know we that could possibly happen so <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen in uh, the next film uh but that is on netflix right now Fear Street Part 1, 1994. Uh, John, where can they find you on the interweb? Uh, you can find me on the most organized Twitter feed of 20XX at Arts and catch my our date night videos at datenight.abayarts.com. It'll go straight to our YouTube page so you don't have to type in anything. That's it for me. Uh, you can find me on in- Instagram and Twitter at Benjamin Abaya. You can find all of us on Twitter at TFA Now or like us on Facebook. Join our Discord server. Uh, subscribe on our Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Podcasts. Why am I saying it weird? Uh, email us at context at thefreakingawesome.com. You can find everything on thefreakingawesome.com. Please watch our video of uh, Chicory, Chicory, the colorful tell. Um, if you want to have a few surprises of that game we only i think we only went to the first chapter so there's no uh, spoilers mm-hmm. other than that i'm benjamin abaya i'm john abaya and this has been the freaking awesome podcast <laughs>